0: Episode 232, the Ben Gamble average episode. Tonight is the second part in a two-part starting pitcher dynasty rankings. We're going from 66 up to rank 130. It's time for dingers
1: Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Alex Fado that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight-up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined, as always, by Robbie Baseball from the Murder Room. What's happening? Uh, Nothing. I, as you know, just
0: cleaned up a bunch of my empties. So uh, really i got of some counter space back, yeah. Oh, there's a little oh, sneak Meg- peek on Megadest. what I'll be drinking tonight. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, we don't get a
1: real good looking mega desk very
0: often. It, well, that's because it's been covered, um, <laughs> covered in in beer, uh, but not now. Not, not now. It's still dirty, but it uh, it's much better. But anyway, had a snow day today. Ty it was very exciting. Uh, didn't have to go into work until noon. So what ended up happening was I got to work from home. Now, if you're a chef and you're working from home, you are having a day off essentially. Answering a few emails and making sure the staff um, went to the right kitchens <laughs> Nice. because <laughs> yours wasn't open or ours wasn't open, but well, I, I, see, I
1: go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to well, say it's I've,
0: reading week for us. Uh, so it's, uh, it's not yeah. the busiest of all weeks. So if there was a week to do it, this was it.
1: Yeah. I have the employer experience and, and I'm a late riser, like I'm a nighthawk. So I work into the evening, go in a little bit later in the morning. So I woke up to everybody having a remote day today. And then I get in the car to drive to work and it's just like wet roads. And I'm like, really, really? We're a remote day today, guys. Um, so we're going to have some standard operating procedure adjustments. Oh, come on now, boss, man, it started. I I have to uh, fill, fill the role. The boss man has to make (laughs) unnecessary rules. That's the job. That's
0: true. Yeah. If people don't, don't hate you and question things, you're not doing your job. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like I was trying to tell people last night, I'm like, no, come on guys. Like have a positive frame of mind. We can get, we can get the university to close down and everyone's laughing. But then at four 30, they closed down yesterday because of the inclement weather. And because I'm in catering, what that means is we're not allowed to serve. So we weren't allowed to serve anything until noon today. Um, and that basically crushes your day because you can't prep the food. So worked out. All right. We'll take it, go back in for a Friday and then enjoy a nice weekend. So, Um, Gave me plenty of time to make sure I could say all of my bad decisions here uh, tonight, talking fantasy baseball pitchers. That's
1: right. And if you can't serve, you should always drink. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk. And that was stupid today. Only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon because good advice only comes in a bottle. Is that a crown float we have coming? It is not a crown float.
0: It is my Corona. And because I couldn't find limes, I've got limeade. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought we had limes in the fridge. And then I said to my wife, I'm like, oh, I thought we had limes. And she's like, we have lemons. Does that help? And I'm like, oh, that's why I married you, dear. Um, (laughs) As if anybody remembers from Tommy Boy when they're at the gate trying to get a ticket. And the woman's like, or they're like, we need a flight to Chicago. And she's like, I have a return flight home. Does that help? And then David Spade's like, (laughs) characters hi i'm earth have we met so anytime something you know you can ask a stupid question that's always you do it and then that's the reply you get and that's how uh you have a happy marriage that's right for anybody out there looking for tips but.
1: <laughs> so just before we get started robbie uh make sure you find us at dingers pod or at robbie baseball one and get me at tourney boss on the twitter machine or the elon screwed up the universe machine whatever you want to call it these days <laughs> Um, I, I still don't understand why everyone's so angry about this. Like, not literally, nothing has changed. Yeah, honestly. nothing has changed. I, mean, I think
0: it's just that people were like, you know what, Twitter's been terrible for a long time, but it's now someone's
1: fault. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the the funny part is, is like they everyone's so angry about all the people they laid off and how bad it was going to be, and it's exact changed exactly nothing, and everyone right. has yet to come back to the fact that like, what did those people do? Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? like you know, like That's no one's made it back so to that right. part of the conversation yet. I find that to be hilarious. But um yeah. we're talking pitchers. There's gonna be some of the pitchers that we talk about today. We have the exact same question, Robbie. Um, but there's also some other ones that are gonna be on the rise, and those are the ones that you're gonna watch. So uh sixty five was uh, where we left it on the last episode. We're getting into sixty six through one thirty, as Robbie said. Oh, uh, you're not even gonna uh, let me the the do opener. joke of
0: the day, Ty. You're not gonna uh, let me do joke
1: of the day let me segue you like give me a chance well you started talking about
0: the the, you don't even know what the joke is
1: okay yeah but this is the same movie just talked about elon now i have someone to blame i was totally gonna skip it but then you cut me off so now you're to blame
0: (laughs) well trust me you're gonna like my joke it's food related yep um i know you like to you know be you know consider yourself a bit of a foodie so uh do you know the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea Yes. What's the difference?
1: I, I don't know, but I think oh. I know the, the punchline.
0: Oh, I've never had a garbanzo bean on my face.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew the punchline on that one. I heard yeah. I heard one just to keep this, me adding a joke coming back the other way. I heard this one the other day. Um, I told my wife that she drew her eyebrows on too high. She looked surprised. <laughs> 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 No one likes us. You know, I, I saw
0: somebody, <laughs> I, I think it was Yancey of all people from Twitter who uh, quits every podcast he's, he's ever on, but um, who said that the worst part of every podcast is the first five minutes when the hosts are chit chatting. And I got to say, if it's not for the first few minutes, why do you care to listen to those people? This is where you can either, you know, see us as human beings as we are. Or you can, um, you know, skip straight to the data, which at that point just go stare at a screen because you you yeah. don't want the personality. So anyway, yeah. I love right. I love the early parts of all the podcasts.
1: I I do for the ones that I listen to. So I, I'm with you on that one because it, if they're not interesting in that first little bit or you don't align with the way they think, then guess what? You're gonna have a bad time. So I'm with you on that one, Robbie. But let's get into it and uh, let's disagree with the rest of the world here, which is what we like to do. Yep. So. Um, we're going to kick it off here at 66 through 70. You got John Means. We got another reliever on the board here, at Robbie, at 67, Garrett Crochet. Uh, Carlos Cookie Carrasco with the Mets. <laughs> Tyler Anderson, now of the Los Angeles Angels, um, and Shane Baz. So, this is a really interesting group here because obviously Means coming off the injury. Crochet is not a starter. Um, Carlos Carrasco is, you know, <laughs> sneakily back, right? Like, I don't think people really realize he was very consistent last year. Uh, Tyler Anderson is probably everybody's favorite fade uh, now that he's in L.A. Uh, and down. then Shane Baz had a, a pretty significant injury last season that's going to have him out for, for most of this year, if not all, Robbie. Um, so I, I think this, this is an interesting one. Again, keep in mind as we get into this episode, we're talking five-year projections in our list. This isn't a, what have you done for me lately? This is, what are you going to do for me for the next five years? Um, on this list, Robbie, like I love Johnny Means coming off an injury like nobody's talking Johnny Means, like anywhere. So I'm not saying he's going to light the world on fire coming out of spring training or I don't even know if he's in spring training, to be 100% honest with you. But just a guy that's a gritty guy was fantasy relevant when Baltimore sucked. And now Baltimore is going to be getting slightly better, you know, in a better pitching environment in Baltimore now. I, I like Johnny Means as a sneaky value guy pretty much in every format
0: i share that opinion i find um i mean crochet they've already said is not going to come back this year as a starter which is why he's as far back as he is but the upsides there the problem of course is that we've yet to see um a full 120 innings with them so uh, it's cautious but at the same time that's what this group is right like what what are we going to see from baz what are we going to see from crochet what are we going to see from means they're all in the same area carrasco Like you said, Ty, he's, you know, trying to beat out father time at 35 and then Tyler Anderson's is 33. So even if he is like he was 13th last year in eight by eight. So what we do, we take your standard five categories that you've got. We're adding in um, the walks they give up, right? We're adding in quality starts and the hits per nine. So we're trying to find a way to get a more rounded version for you. So if you use points leagues, you're going to want to talk about guys that are going to give you, at minimum, an average of 12 points per start. And depending on your league, of course, that's going to vary. But typically, um, you can get between 5 and 7 points if your pitcher wins. Sometimes it's one inning if they pitch. So if they go 6 and they get a win, you know, that's 11 points right there. Then they got to punch guys out for an extra point if they do five, you know, you get the idea how they can how they can get up there. So this is the crew. This area is going to be really volatile with guys who could put up 30 in points leagues and guys could who could be minus 5. And this this John Means um is or sorry, in this group John Means is a great focus just like Tyler Anderson for that. I think Carrasco is going to be a little more consistent. So, but just not not the same amount of career left.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, listen, like for me, the only guy I'm really interested in in this list is Johnny means. And, and I'm looking for Shane Baz on the cheap, right? Right. If that's, that's, that's it. Because anybody that owns Shane Baz shouldn't trade them, but if you can get them for a reasonable price, you should be looking to at them. Um, even if there's a risk of like, Hey, his career's over. Like, I, I don't think that's the case, but you know, if that's still the risk, the upside is worth it. Uh, I think that's a definitely a, a good look here. So I'll hand it off to you. This next group's a little bit uh, more provocative, if you will.
0: It is. There's there's some things to discuss. At 71, you've got Jack Flaherty with St. Louis uh, up and down, and this is a big year for him. Logan Allen, prospect with Cleveland, who had a, I think it was 2 billion strikeouts last year, Triple AA, AAA. Jose Quintana with the Mets, uh, signed himself a three-year deal, really had a great year last year, and now locks in with the team that should just automatically pump out 12 wins forever every starter this year um, Alex Fady with with um, Detroit who I don't have ranked so we'll have to discuss that one Emerson Hancock sorry I don't have him ranked in the top 130. Emerson Hancock is the last guy on this list at 75 um, with Seattle and and Jerry's boys this would be their fifth potential starter we talked last episode about the other two uh, Marco Gonzalez and Chris Flexen who are outside those ranks yeah baby for days, Jerry, for days. So with within this list, there's question marks with Flaherty. There's question marks with Logan Allen, but that's in arrival time. And if he can keep the home runs down and the walks down, that that's when you've got the ace potential. But I like to think that Cleveland's going to be able to do a Bieber-like thing with Logan Allen where they're just going to maximize what he does well and try to limit the things he has issues with. So he's going to have to throw a lot of strikes, and they're probably going to want him to work higher in the zone um, as opposed to lower in the zone to cut down on those strikeouts, unless, of course, hitters are magically able to get up high on those heaters and then they're going to want to switch and work him inside outside. So we'll have to see. Uh, Jose Quintana is very interesting. He started last year, Ty. We talked about it um, as an SP5, you know, throwaway guy, right? I think he's resurrected his career definitely based on the contract and the way the Mets feel about him. So he'll have age 34, 35, and 36 with the Mets. On what should be a dominant team, racking up wins, and it's the three years beyond that that we're not sure if he's going to be able to, you know, get another one-year contract, kick around. You know, what can he do, really and truly? And then Emerson Hancock for me is uh, it's about arrival time and how effective is he? I had him ranked seventy seventh last year. This year, I've only moved him up three spots to seventy four because it wasn't a rocket ship. You know, it wasn't a lot of confidence that I saw. Um, from him and from DePoto, which he does do with his players, right? He advances the guys, he talks about them. Um, I do, I do look and seek out Jerry DePoto, uh, screen time things. And uh, anytime he's you know doing an interview or something like that to see what he's doing and saying about his players, very much like, you know, a lot of Toronto people used to watch, um, Anthopolis and what he was doing with the Jays and, and the prospects he would talk about. And, and Ty, you reference it quite often with, uh, the Yankees and their guys teams self-promote whether that's to trade an asset or to actually just introduce the fan base to them a little earlier and with hancock it seemed like it was a little more muted last year than it was boastful you know as it was yeah. julio rodriguez was the big guy last year and um that's that they, was the party and jared kelnick was learning
1: <laughs> yeah and hancock who was fighting an injury last year too they definitely babied him uh they didn't want to overwhelm him. Yeah, which is why uh, you mute it right T- tell me yeah. the last time you've heard the
0: word or the name Sam Carlson coming out of anybody in the Seattle Mariners. That's a former, I think it was second round pick out of high school. Guy got injured. He's had trouble coming back. And when he, now that he's been back, he hasn't been good. They just don't talk about him. Yeah,
1: so I agree.
0: Hancock's have just it, been hurt.
1: Yeah. I like Hancock uh, moving forward. I, I I own him in a lot of leagues, Robbie. So you don't get to own him um, for that reason. You do have him, I think in one, Yet. maybe. Um, I do for me. I have him Really? Yeah. Fadu yeah. for me, is is probably the most interesting guy in this group um, from a value perspective. You mentioned you don't have him in the top 130. Um, i have at 75, Rob. I, I mean, if you look at the Detroit rotation, right, we're obviously not going to see Casey Mize for the majority of the year. We really don't know what the story is with Tariq Skubal at this point, um, you know, what his timeline looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez might be dead. Like, nobody really knows. <laughs> I don't know if he's shown up at spring training yet, but – um, the rest of this group is kind of sad. Like Matt Manning is is probably the real only stalwart in this group. Like you've got Matt Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, and Spencer Turnbull rounding out that projected starting five. Um, that is nothing to write home about. That's um, a I'm series just, not... of
0: question marks, that entire yeah. rotation. And it, and they all have different reasons to question them.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the depth is here, though. You've got Joey Wentz. Bo Brisk, uh, Reese Olson, we talked about last week, uh, Alex Fadu, Ronnie Garcia are all kind of there. Garrett Hill, if you want to throw that one into the mix too. So I, I see fado as a guy that is a spring training injury on another team. And see you later. I, I just think that's the move for him. Uh, and, I, and I think there's going to be a handful. There always is, especially in a world baseball classic year. Like these are the kind of guys, Robbie, like you talked about, we talked about points leagues um, before we jumped on here tonight, but like, that's a guy in a point – if I'm in a point league, I'm looking at him ending up on a on a World Baseball Classic replacement roster because, I, you know, if you look to the last one, it was a terrible year for pitchers after the Classic. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and it's a year that I certainly would be staying away from guys that are pitching in that uh, for sure. Uh, not so much the hitters. We saw the hitters absolutely light it up after the last one. But, you know, definitely the pitching is something to be a little bit uh, – uh, interested in him. jack Flaherty. i'm gonna bet on talent the talents here it's just health right uh, I'll, I'll bet on that one I'm, i got him a little higher than you do robbie i also always have a bias toward the cardinals i think that's well documented at this point so that's that group next on the list 76 through 80 uh, this is a really fun list robbie this group here uh garrett whitlock converted reliever gonna be stretched out for the rotation this year possibly move back into the, the bullpen at some point anyway um i see him as a reliever robbie myself I just don't think he has the pitch repertoire to be a successful starter. I'd rather see him come and blow the doors off for an, in an inning or two uh and go sit down. Five-out guy might may, might be the the earmark for him. Luis Patino, the you know, Thundering Oak here who we haven't talked about a lot lately uh, is is a guy bouncing back from an injury last year. Upsides here, fastball command was great. Uh just, you know, kind of development of the secondary pitches is all we're waiting for with Patino. Uh Edward Cabrera in Miami at seventy-eight, this is a guy with just electric uh, sink and and stuff coming in on the change-up. Uh, it's it's a guy that could absolutely light the world on fire, but could also just get absolutely torched. So, wh- a lot to l- look forward to. We've talked about the Miami rotation a lot. This is a guy that I think is going to make or break that group. Uh, and at twenty-four,
0: he is one of the ones that could be a long-term stalwart if uh, he can get it to click.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just it's again, it's that it's that third pitch. So it's what we're looking at here for uh, Cabrera. Clayton Kershaw, the old uh, first ballot Hall of Famer here is in this group. Obviously on the backside of of the hill, you know, there's there's inning concerns. There's um, how much longer is he going to play concerns. When we talk about our five-year rank, he still can provide huge value in 150 to 160 innings that he's been pushing out the last couple of years. It's still as good a 160 innings you're going to find, right? So – it's just a matter of of how many innings do you need to be successful in your format. And that's kind of your determination there. And the last one in this group is, is bumped up, Robbie. I'm actually um, surprised you didn't have him in on your list uh, no. inside the 130. I, I, I was on my way out too, but he took a big step forward last year for me. Uh, simi Wood Richardson, former Jays prospect, uh, as part of the Jose Brios trade. Uh, this is a guy that's going to put a lot of balls on the ground and in play, but... You know the the thing, Robbie, that I saw last year was a little improvement in the ability to miss some barrels. Um, And so for me, I kind of changed my tune just a little bit. Didn't have you know the most successful opening five innings, three strikeouts uh, at the major league level. But it's a guy that you know that is an indicator to me that they're ready to think about it. He had 115 strikeouts and in 170 innings in Double A AA and Triple A last year. Uh, the previous year, 77 and 53. So. The strikeout numbers are there. I think they're going to be there at the major level. Um, the WHIP is is there across uh, you know a pretty good body of work. A little blip in 21 uh, when when the Jays shipped him out, but I, I still think there's a, there's a guy here. He's in a great ballpark. There's just not a lot to dislike, and so for me, I, I'm ready to I'm ready to buy on him because I think you know he kind of fits into you know our favorite mode of uh, discussion here. Hello. It's me. Right. Second round pick in 2018. Uh high school arm for the Mets. Here. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say slow burn is the thing with him, right? Like traded twice now. Um, yep. Yeah, but, there's been some work put on him.
1: But he's got the he's got the size, he's six three, two, ten. He fits that model, right? He's not uh the Tristan McKenzie like can't blow away in the wind because there's nothing for the wind to blow. Um, you know, kind of frame here. This is a thick body. This is kind of like he's not quite Alec Manoa thick, but he's, he's thicker. So like I these are the kind of guys that, you know, when you get to the seventh inning, they're still on the hill. Uh I'll bet on those guys all day.
0: Yeah. In this group, Ty, I just wanted to quickly check because when you said Kershaw for 160, well, he hasn't done that since uh 2019. And just to to like further to the point of why I faded him, this is a lot of having and rostering Clayton Kershaw and counting mm-hmm. on him to be able to provide 180 innings. Which is my fault because he hasn't done that since 2015. And that was when he had a career high 232 innings. Since then, was that actually his career high 236 he had in 2013? And so, sorry. Um, But since 2016, he's had 149, 175, 161, 178. Then we had the strike, or not strike, sorry. We had COVID. He had a full year then 10 starts, 58, Um, but then 121, 126 the last two years. It's just tough to say. I want to invest in them. It's another thing to say, in season, I'm doing really well and I'm going to trade one of my prospects, one of my really good prospects, to go get him or two good prospects to go get him for rest of the season. But no, the further into the season you get with Kershaw, the shakier the results start to get. And uh, really and truly, it's scary because I've rostered him and I've needed him and I haven't had him. So uh, first-hand experience of you know, rostering and feeling it from him. But the rest of the guys like Whitlock is the biggest question mark in this group to me. Is he going to be a legitimate starter? Is he going to do the same thing he did last year where he started then went, you know, a little bit of arm issue and then went back into the bullpen? Um, Boston does not have arms, so it makes sense to try to maximize what he can be as a starter. But will you give him 10, 12 starts or will you give him 20 starts? Will you let him go to arm fatigue and then rest him and come back if that happens? I'm banking on them doing everything they can to maximize them as a starter because they they brought in a lot of veteran arms for the bullpen. They did not bring in veteran arms for the rotation. And I am not counting Corey Kluber as bringing in a veteran arm for the rotation. That's bringing in your SP5, right? That's your guy who you're just going to go and let pitch five innings minimum and whatever he does, he does. But a guy like Whitlock, you actually want to see if you can hone in on what he can be and then you know use that through your uh, four years or whatever you'll have of arbitration with them or control. So uh, the rest of the guys, you know, Patino Cabrera, I, I want to see it, right? It's, we've, we've gone through the hype with them. uh Simeon Woods Richardson as well. We're in the hype stage here. Let's, let's see what they can actually do. Um Up to 81 here. We've got super disappointing fantasy guy. Again, very much like Mike Kershaw. I've had a lot of Frankie Montas since he became a starter and now with the Yankees at 29, he's already missing time. <laughs> we haven't had uh, opening day, but we know he's not going to be there for it. He's missing at least five starts this year. I think we could be in for some trouble with Montas, and it's almost like it's a Yankee thing, right? Severino, um, you name, Jordan Montgomery has a, a, you know absence as well, Tommy John. It just seems to happen where they're okay to have these types of players who are supposed to be dominant, but they just never end up doing it in pinstripes. I'm going to already add Montas's name to the list, and he what finished the year with them and was terrible oh my god he was terrible uh mckenzie gore with washington now we're gonna see what he gets to do it should be a 30 start year for him in the show i hope it is and if it's not great like if it's kind of josiah gray i think i'll be really interested to see him into the future if it's absolute blown up he can't hack it like we saw with 19 of kansas city royals uh pitching prospects a few years ago i will have serious concerns but until i see that I'm not counting them out, but I do have them outside my top 100, and that's based on what I've seen so far. So I wanna, I wanna hope for upside, but I'm not gonna invest in it. Reedetmer's, yeah. sorry, Ty, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say quick on Mackenzie Gore before I forgot the one, the one thing that we talked about in the spring last year was a mechanical adjustment. On the backside of that, that mechanical adjustment came undone and caused an injury. Right, so for me, I, I exited my shares of Mackenzie Gore because of the inability to hold the mechanical change that that scares me in a very big way the stuff's still there i i think he still projects as an sp4 as his floor uh just because the stuff's good enough but you know i just i think the ace potential is is slowly fading if it hasn't already
0: yeah a lot of the um you know list writers out there uh they are long gone from Mackenzie gore before last year started he was no longer cool and hip however he's 23 years old so let's not you know let's not go throwing the baby out with the bath water thank you very much uh marcus strowman with the cubs the, this is your sp three four guy that's that's what he is um what you said sp2 ty yeah he's a two strowman's not a two
1: oh yeah we, have him ranked.
0: we both have him at 83 86 i'm talking output
1: yeah, like, yeah. I'm pop
0: 60 guy last year.
1: Yeah, but that's also cuz he only pitched 138 innings. Okay, well, which is going to be right. near a near a career low, right? Like, you know, he's had a couple, I shouldn't say that. The last 4 years have been tough, but, you know, he, This is a guy that <laughs> yeah. That's a good backball.
0: You know, I am going to go ahead and just say uh, the last 4 years have been tough. Well, yeah, the he's, guy's had, 31. he's had
1: he had uh, uh no actually 139 179 59 a tough year in 2019. Um, he, he, he was one of the guys that took 2020 off. Right. So, you right. know, but you know, you look at the stretch, there's, there's enough body of work here. Uh, I just, I think Cubs are going to be better. They, they have a new shortstop. They've got a better infield. We talked about this with the Mets. He, he delivered on that. I I would expect him to be much better than what he was okay. last year.
0: Well, oh, oh yeah. I'm not saying that what he did last year is what he's going to do. I'm just saying he's, he's a steady guy, but he's not a league winner for you. Um, he's the, the type of guy who should be a low key acquisition moving forward because he's no longer the young spry guy with a lot of upside. He is what his stat line has been. So mm-hmm. you can expect some, some good streaks from him, but I don't think you can, ex- you know, he's never been a high K guy. So no. in points leagues, he's far less interesting. But like you said, if the Cubs are better, then yeah, you're going to like him a little more because you're going to see the potential for more wins. But that Cubs bullpen is not better. And we One don't know exactly things, what that's going to do to the win potential for the Cubbies this year.
1: The bullpen's definitely better because it was so bad last year. It cannot it can't go the other way. Well, uh, but, I guess. But the thing with Stroman that you know and we talked about it earlier with other guys, but like the thing with Stroman that nobody ever talks about is he's, he pitches a lot of innings, so he gets a chance to win more often, and and people often forget that when they're chasing wins, they say, "Oh, you got to be on a great team." No, you have to pitch a large amount of innings to be in more games to qualify for the win right so that's the most important factor when it comes to winning
0: that and not letting the other team score more runs than yours your team um so kyle muller is the next guy up with oakland i love kyle muller right now and um even with my love for him i was reasonable enough to put him at 90th in The dynasty rankings, I feel like there are going to be some serious bumps in the road. But as Ty, you know, we were talking beforehand, um, Paul Blackburn getting starts, um, pretend Otani getting starts, uh, that that rotation in Oakland is shameful. And, um, you know, Mark Ruchinski that's not his name, remember Mark Zipchinski, anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> Ruchinski is a guy who's coming back. They got two former. I think it's one NPB and one KBO guy that are going to be in their starting rotation allegedly. And who's going to be down at triple a Kyle Muller and JP Sears, two lefties who should both be up. And because of what Oakland appears to be doing, JP Sears is not where he should be on the rankings either, which I'm just saying that right now. Um, I love JP Sears. I don't know what to expect from Oakland. That's also why Kyle Muller is where he is. Cause this is a high K guy. Who in a big park like Oakland should be able to, you know, limit the home runs? Doesn't mean they're not going to happen, but limit, and uh, should get a lot of easy outs. You know, pop ups; those things get caught in Oakland. That's one of those magical things with their pitchers. So at eighty-five to have Kyle Muller, but feel like he could be a, a top fifty guy by the end of this year. I just wasn't willing to do it because you need to see some of these things, and he's in a new org. Um, but anyway, this group for me is a bunch of like interesting guys, and then Reed Detmer, who so I just really don't care about.
1: And I don't know if you said this, Robbie. I, I glossed out a little bit when you were on Montage because I just I exited chairs with him this off season too. Um, yeah. Kind of feel bad for the trade that I made because um, it was like two weeks before all the news came out, which good for me, bad for the other guy. Um, but he's pretty much gone for the year. And, oh, is
0: okay. So it's the whole year he's going to be out. Yeah,
1: like they they've said likely, and and they're playing that well maybe game, but that almost always means he's out for the year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see there. But, you know, kind of a bummer for Montez, who has just constantly been the guy that what could he have been with, you know, a tweak or two here? Because uh, the stuff's good enough to be great. It just never, ever uh, materializes, which is a perfect sac- segue here to 86 with Zach Eflin, um, who fits that exact description. And he's a guy that you just can't figure out. Best thing that happened to Zach Eflin is Tampa Bay said, we will give you money. And they don't do that to a lot of people. So record-setting uh,
0: amount that he was given from Tampa Bay—the highest free agent signing in Tampa Bay franchise history.
1: Yeah, and that went to Zach Eflin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so it, you know, this is somebody that I've talked about for a couple of years. Robbie is a guy that I really like. The stuff, the stuff's here. The the quality of of material is here. Just consistently has control issues, injury issues, and just has never ever been. On the field long enough to prove doubters wrong, and as a result, he's still got some doubters um, from everyone except for that Tampa Bay front office. Yeah, he uh, certainly Kyle had Freeland. stretches.
0: Ty, he has certainly had stretches where he's been like right around your top twenty pitchers in baseball yep. months into the season, but by the end, it's it's, it's recalled.
1: Just can't stay healthy. But if there's a place to manage innings, it is Tampa Bay. So that is a spot that I, as a Zach Eflin fan, I like to see him go. Uh, Kyle Freeland here. You know, kind of just that uh, quality star machine, right? We're, we're not looking for any elite statistics here with Kyle Freeland, we're looking for uh, just some consistency. You know, probably is an SP2 in, in real life, uh, but as a Colorado Rockies, probably an SP5 or an SP4. Yeah. Um, and so you just have to play the road splits here, you got to play him in the right scenarios. He can be really, really valuable depending on what your format you're in. Um, you know, head to head, he's he's probably the most valuable. Robbie, I think you'd probably agree with Alan. Uh, yeah, he's
0: your ideal points league guy that you put in for two start weeks. You know, if you got like your yeah. lock rosters for the week, um, you know, Roto, you can you can check it, see what's going on with them, good stretches and bad. But if if Colorado is more offensively minded in you know the the future, the coming years, Kyle Freeland, as a 29 year old for 2023, is still going to be in prime pitching years all five of these years. And I believe he's got a contract that covers the entire five-year span here that we discuss. So yeah, if not, he's close. Yeah, he was yeah, extended. I, they... I just don't know if it was four or five years.
1: There's a vesting option into 27. So it'll be okay. right, at, right at the end of so this four window. years. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's initially One, Sonny Gray here is a guy that I just I cannot get to a spot where I'm like, you know, go Sonny Gray. I just can't do it. I don't know why. <laughs> I have no real logic for it. Uh, but, you know, while I've got him at 90, Robbie, you're at 82, slightly higher. Minnesota is a great scenario for him, right? It's a good ballpark for any pitcher, really. Uh, kind of a heavy ball kind of pitcher. Has consistently delivered on strikeout numbers over his career. So, you know, with the exception of a blip in, in New York, which was a weird, weird little window there, uh, you know, lots to like. Next on this list is somebody I'm betting on uh, more so than you, Robbie, Sixto Sanchez, uh there's some reports he lost like 45 pounds this offseason which oh, the, wow. the the follow-up report is like well how much did he put on the previous year um <laughs> you know it's kind of a fair, that's co- fair question right uh but you know guy that's battled some injuries the stuff's electric uh we we compared him to pedro uh previously and i, and I think that still is going to be the expectation there's exactly a zero percent chance he opens in the rotation uh you know he's he's put out the I, I really hope to to fight for that rotation spot this spring. There's no way the Marlins allow that. Um, I, I could see him even staying in extended spring. I don't know where their um, their AAA team is, Robbie. Uh, off the top of my head, you?
0: Oh no, good question. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know that one. But you know, if it's if it's not warm weather, I would fully expect that he stays in in camp uh, for extended, just in the warm weather. I Got to imagine in Miami though, they're somewhere down that way, so it can't, be yeah. I can't
0: imagine they would come all the way up the coast, but that I mean, you know, maybe they do because that's where their division plays. It's not the worst thing in the world to have T te- like Oakland being having their double A team in Lansing, Michigan is odd, uh, uh-huh. considering their West Coast team, you know, but it would make more sense if they were down like Texas area, something like that. Um, but I, I mean, I don't think Tampa Bay has anybody or, or sorry, not Tampa. Bay. I don't think Miami has any teams that are down the East coast. So Jacksonville jumbo shrimp.
1: Um, wow. Which
0: is cool just, name. just
1: a great, great name. Um, but yeah, we got Daniel Lynch rounding out the group here, Robbie. A little case he, uh owed, owed to Robbie here. Uh, you know, this is at 90. Daniel Lynch is a guy for me. I, I still think you'd have some, some upside value here. Um, kind of a Madison Bumgarner kind of arm angle, I still think there's a place for this. I just, we, we need to see it a little bit more. We saw some progression last year, Robbie. Nothing to to the level of, of the guys that you like, Brady Singer. Um, but I do think he, we're going to see a big step forward for, for him this year. You've got an entirely new regime there in Kansas City yeah. after years and years and years of the same way of thinking. Um, there's a lot of guys in that Kansas City organization I'm kind of excited to see what could happen for them this year. But Danny Lynch for me is probably at the top of that list just because I think the stuff is unique. I think it could fit um, a nice, um, sorry, like a knuckleballer kind of feel the way the game is today. You don't see a lot of these, you know, really extended arm angles like we used to see. Uh, I think there's room for it in the game.
0: Yeah. Next up, we've had 91, uh, Ricky Tiedemann with Toronto, who just keep in mind, everybody will, play this year at 20 years old this is a youngster getting a lot of hype and i mean i see a spot in the rotation for him in 2024 at the end of the year i do not see one anytime soon but people are excited and there's another guy on the list that people are jumping the gun on that i'll get to in two guys casey mize is up at 92 with detroit andrew painter with the phillies at 93 uh adrian morion with san diego at 94 and uh, another rocky jermaine marquez at 95. Now, Casey Mize, um, it was revealed, I think, this week. Uh, I don't remember seeing anything about it before, but after he had Tommy John surgery, tie, he also had back surgery. So Casey Mize has had a body reset here. So we should see a 26-year-old Casey Mize that should be as good, fresh, primed, and ready as the 21, 22-year-old Casey Mize that we saw get the top draft spot. Um, but that's not this year. <laughs> that's well, not the, the twenty five year old Casey Myers.
1: Well, and if you remember the beginning of last year, I talked about you know kind of lowering um his spot ups and it was a touch high in the previous year, and I expected to see the adjustment. I didn't know they were gonna surgically adjust it. And just tweak that <laughs> that pointer down a little bit. That but... made
0: it easier to just go go at it through <laughs> surgery. You can no longer, yeah. um you don't have the rotation anymore.
1: Yeah, he's just going to be hunched over slightly, and no one's going to really understand why. It's just a better better arm angle now to to punch the bottom of the zone or punch tickets, as you said in the last episode.
0: Yeah, that's right, punch into, and that's another you didn't mention Reese Olson when you talked about all the potential Detroit guys. I um, did. I'm not, we just didn't. Oh, did, I'm sorry um another thing within detroit is spencer turnbull officially saw live hitters for the first time since his tommy john today so we are still a ways away from realistically thinking about spencer turnbull in your rotation so just note that for all the dynasty guys out there and the other note that i quickly saw while you were listing off guys earlier was um jonathan shope has apparently slimmed down you were talking about six still possibly losing 45 pounds Well, Shope has decided to slim down and I guess that's so that maybe he can stay in the major leagues as opposed to strike out and then sit on the bench in the major leagues for this year and then be toast. So uh, anyway, from 91, Ricky Tiedemann, high upside, 93, Andrew Painter, high upside. The big thing with Painter, I just want to caution people on the Phillies have no need to rush him up. They were in the World Series last year. They took absolute dogs for pitchers. And got into with like their four and sp four and five. They can do this year with Ranger Suarez as SP4-5. They will still have you know Wheeler. They still have Nola. They signed uh uh Tayon Tyon Walker, like they they have experienced guys that they don't need to rush a 19-year-old potential ace up. Now, that's why, for me, he's at 116. It's not about his ability. It's about his realistic timeline. And let's all remember, once they start to get up into, you know, double-A and triple-A, in double-A, they can keep the Ks. The walks might start to climb. And then in triple-A, they might start getting eaten alive with home runs. I want to see Painter pitch in triple-A. And I'm I'm not talking 30 innings. Like, I want to see him have a season there and then Philly to bring him up. And we never see him go back down. There's, too, there's been too much volatility with pitchers getting, you know, abbreviated seasons at AA and AAA and then they get a little bit of time here and then they're supposed to go back to AAA to start, you know, next year until, you know, that day in May. And it, it's not developing. He's a, he's a guy who's been great out the gate. Continue to develop him just like uh, Mick Abel, right? Let those two guys come up together and then you're going to be able to kind of transition and continue to be competitive i really hope philly doesn't jump the gun on it and ricky tineman i think ty like i was saying earlier he's just too young to be excited for him in 2023 but i think he'll be he'll be getting up all those lists like andrew painter is right now he'll be getting up into all the the top you know 15 20s of lists come a year from now and toronto just won't have a need but part of that is the fact that they signed everybody for eight freaking years um the other part is that they realistically can't bring him up when they don't have a spot in the rotation. As as crummy yeah. as it sounds for Toronto, like.
1: So the description you just gave for Andrew Painter is the one that you should have given for Ricky Tiedemann, in my opinion. Um, you know, I th- I think there's a very stark difference between the two, um, and and there's a reason that I I say this. Like you're you're talking about a guy, um, you know, in in uh, Andrew Painter at six seven, he's a big boy right yep. so there's two things we know about big bodies that's oh, what you're saying a they break down earlier right mm-hmm. that's traditionally what has what happens um and and b um they can handle a little extra workload that's just the nature of it uh the difference here with Ricky Tiedemann, uh he's not that guy he's six four he's two twenty um he's he's a lefty with you know a reliance on on the off speed stuff now. The outcomes aren't that different. The the thing that I like about both these guys, Rob, and I think the reason they're both moving as fast as they are, is they both have logged a reasonable amount of innings. So a 20-year-old with 79 professional innings in a single season is is not overly normal, right? Andrew Painter pitched 103 last year. So for Andrew Painter to make the jump to 130 in some of those B major league innings is not outside of the realm of possibility, what I do think is outside of the realm of possibility for Andrew Painter is a starting rotation spot, which has been bantied around. Like I think there's, I think there's no chance of that. Um, and and I feel the same way about Tiedemann for obvious reasons. But I want to see Tiedemann with a little bit more seasoning. Um, you know he he pitched uh, eleven innings at Double A. Painter was just about thirty, like you said. I, I think both of them are going to see Triple A innings to start. I think they're both going to get aggressive um, starting spots because it really makes no difference for Tiedemann to, whether he starts in New Hampshire or Buffalo. They're both cold, so it makes real no difference for for him. Um, but but I think um, I think Painter has a real shot to be up in June. Uh, I think that's very very realistic. And if there's a Philly injury, I think he'll be up before that. Uh, he's they're just both really advanced. I'm I'm concerned um, for Tiedemann. Myself, I, I don't think his stuff is as polished as they're making it out to be, you know, just on the eye test alone. I would like to see him have a full year of development, you know, very similar to the comments of Torkelson a year ago. I, I just think this is the kind of guy you can ruin. Whereas I think I don't think Painter fits that category.
0: Okay, well, well, whatever. That was a lot on them and we'll have to see. We, we've got obviously we've got time. Um, yeah. All right anyway you're up next to 96
1: real real quick real quick before we move on adrian morhan's a guy that has been a forgotten soldier in san diego from some injury time um i i really like him we talked about value earlier i really like him to win a rotation spot he's done nothing at the major league level except be very good um barring injuries so he's a guy that i think is on almost nobody's radar um to be a huge breakout guy this year so just the guy I'll flag. I own him everywhere, Robbie, so don't bother looking. Um, okay. It's a waste of time. But the next next guy, next group here, uh, I hate this group so much, Rob. Oh, my goodness. This is this group just sucks. Um, <laughs> 96 uh, is Trevor Rogers, who, like, I can't get further away from Trevor Rogers. Uh, broke onto the scene uh, with some reasonable stuff, and then the wheels fell off. Uh, for whatever reason, the entire community is just like, listen, he's going to be great again. Uh, I'm, I'm not with that group. Um, I'm, I'm running the other direction and I feel the same way about Ross stripling. Um, you know, we talked about last week about Alcantara having, uh, a bump backwards because of the shift. Uh, I f- saw exactly the same data on stripling and we do know as, as Toronto guys, uh, that have followed the team, like stripling had some really, really good outings, but even within those outings, like he got absolutely torched uh, a couple times, and barreled real hard. So he, he's the kind of guy that could still have some success because he's in San Francisco um and i got nothing against ross stripling but we have enough of a body of work throughout his career to say like listen there's not no one's saying ross stripling can't have good windows or can't be successful but there's a reason he hasn't been bumped out into a starting rotation every single year of his career so right i'm i'm just not in that group um and, and i think trevor rogers is a very similar type guy in terms of almost good enough to be a major league starter but not quite um i think they're very similar in that category Uh, Max Meyer, obviously, had the injury last year. We're waiting for a bounce back here. Uh, Sky high potential here for him. Sean Mania, I think, is one of the more overrated pitchers in all of baseball, if I'm completely honest. Big, huge lefty. Not a lot of huge, long windows of success. Small pockets of of great pitching. But, again, nothing sustained. And then the last guy in this group is Dakota Hudson. You know, is just a guy, kind of like Stroman, that just gets out there and produces... Doesn't do anything flashy. Um, so you category guys out there, roto guys looking to build, you know, quality starts, wins, um, you know, whip, play those categories. I really like Dakota Hudson in the, in that section.
0: Uh, yeah, to me, this is just like wait on Mayer and hope on Rogers and I don't touch the others. <laughs> like yeah. it's just, it's not, I mean, the next group is the, exact same way force so now we're hitting 101 force Whitley with Houston tie I don't even know why you did this to yourself um, <laughs> I I didn't rank him and and that's at all like I ranked him 150th last year tie you had him 189 so you've bought back in 89 ranking points so you'll have to explain that in a minute miles mikolas with St Louis gets it done. He was 35th last year. You can't argue that. Yes, he's 34, so you're not going to get five years of production, most likely. Uh, But Merrill Kelly, who's at 103 for us, is 34 and was 24th last year. So there could be more in the tank for both of these guys. Underappreciated, durable guys who can just pitch they can be on your teams they can plug away and look at how the finish right at 24 and the 35 out of these guys at age 34 don't give up on them yet at 104 prospect deal hall with baltimore he's part of the wave with um rodriguez and others and um aaron ashby at 105 with milwaukee i know everyone was pumped for aaron ashby to come out and be corbin burns i can't believe it didn't happen um but anyway <laughs> last year i had him ranked one one hundredth you had him 137th Ty, i made a big move i brought him from 100 up to 99 um and you made a bigger move at 137 up to 106. so we are really pumping the brakes on Aaron ashby as a long-term asset here and i think everybody else should do the same whether he grows into it or not we don't want um to advise you to go and buy in on ashby
1: yeah no i mean there's some giant red flags on ashby right now um stuff's there You know, kind of in the same category of uh Daniel Lynch with just a touch of velocity, uh, that Lynch doesn't have, but uh, the rest of this group, DL Hall is an interesting one for me. Um, the eye test for me isn't great, I don't love the repertoire on DL Hall, like, he just screams like a guy that's gonna give up a ton of bombs at the major league level. Like, like Robbie Ray comes to mind, like, as a guy, um. And, and, you know, Rob Ray's obviously in a window in the back half of his career where he's kind of found something again. Um, but I but I could see D.L. Hall having a very similar career up and down. Um, like, there's there's enough there for him to be good for moments. I'm not sure there's enough there to be a sustainable elite guy. Uh, that's that's kind of my read on that one. Merrill Kelly's just a quality star machine. Um, he just goes out and just does it. Like, absolute throwback, like, ni- mid-1990s guy that just is going to throw – 200 innings with his arm tied behind his back um, and uh, force Whitley the guy you're you're kind of pushing me on here uh, there's there's one thing here that force Whitley no one talks about they all talk about how he's disappointing and in all this other stuff but nobody talks about the consistency of the strikeout margins so his career minor league K per nine Robbie what, what do you think it is as a sinker ball guy what do you got
0: his K per nine, I, I'm yeah. sure it's good because he he hasn't pitched for several years. So
1: this could be uh, an absolute trap. Just saying. I'll,
0: no, I'll just say it's eleven point one.
1: Yeah, it's twelve seven. It's okay, very good, even
0: better. Yeah, it's,
1: it's very good, right? And, and that's so, not
0: going to continue if he continues to be a sinker ball guy.
1: Yeah, and so here's the thing, and this is a good thing. Again, we talk about this all the time on our list. Like, don't fall into the narrative, right? So, what do we have? Last year, he had a terrible year in most people's opinion, right? He only pitched uh 40 innings. Not great. Obviously, we don't love that. Walked 27 guys in that window. But what do we know about Forrest Whitley coming in last year, Robbie? Tommy John the previous year. What do we Suspense. know about Tommy John? He Suspension, also was suspended <laughs> control. Right? Lots going on. K numbers are 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 still gonna be there. The bounce back's gonna be there. And and I'm not saying he's gonna come out and throw 220 innings. Like that's just not it. But if I'm buying on on a guy with huge upside for almost nothing right now, Forrest Whitley's a guy that you can do that on. And so these are the guys that I love, Robbie. You know this. I buy these guys all the time um, because I'm in first.
0: Hear that? That's applause because I just had a a draft that finished on Fantrax. A 30-team prospect draft just finished. And I got to make the the last pick.
1: The applause for, was for my analysis. Let's call it spade a spade here. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of why, why, where I'm at there. The next next in this group, um, a guy that, you know, probably has what most people are going to believe to be the, uh, the Force Whitley career track. is no Syndergaard here. Uh, this is a guy that had an absolutely electric start to his career. Uh, you know, timing of coming out at the same time as the Avengers. Uh, not ideal for a guy with blonde hair. Kind of got tucked into the Thor category. Uh, didn't work out overly great from Robbie. I know you're still buying in pretty hard here. Uh, I would I would caution
0: the pretty hard. I just happened to have him in a league where the deal was right, so I took him on as a veteran, thinking he's going to get a multi year contract. Of course, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, listen, he's not 34 you know, like, trying to get a a one year deal after this year. You know, he'll be 30.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean signing with the Dodgers. You know, we just watched Tyler Anderson cash in on it, like. You know, he's he's playing that card and i I totally respect uh the game there uh the, it's just that a guy like there's there's too much inconsistency I mean that's the thing I don't think enough people look at like what what is the track record over multiple years we just talked about it with Whitley it's strikeouts we know the strikeouts could be there and and can the other stuff come around maybe maybe not but but we're betting on the fact that he gets people out by not letting them hit the baseball and that's that's an important factor for a pitcher. So um, I've got, is, I, you got to
0: give a bit of credit. Sorry, Ty, you just got to give a bit of credit to the Dodgers for being able to carve out uh, fantasy value pitchers where you don't think they will in other aspects, right? They've been able to do it with guys. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's a little bit of it for me too.
1: Well, and they have a really interesting free agency philosophy that I didn't really recognize. Like they don't, they don't sign multi-year free agents. They just don't do it. Like they have like a three-year max. Yeah. Um. And they Turning only burn, resign. Baby. Yeah. They only resign extended uh, for guys that are homegrown or or the the re-signing, which is an interesting methodology. I, I kind of like it. But yeah. Um, Never pigeonhole yourself. That's right. Yeah. So next on this, I think list that is probably goes that.
0: back to Kevin. Was it Kevin Brown? Was that the guy that? Was he the first million dollar, a hundred million dollar uh, contract? Is am I thinking that right? Kevin Brown was definitely a dodger guy
1: no no no. i don't think kevin brown was was uh he was uh florida texas uh who who the heck am i thinking that was a that was a
0: right-handed pitcher for the dodgers in like the late 90s and he got a he got a huge contract Mm. anyway sorry doesn't matter not not for this episode but
1: yeah i'm not sure who that is either but anyway uh, next on the group here, Daniel Espino is a guy that everyone loves and, and for good reason, the guy can absolutely chuck it. Uh, but you know, when just a little early. yeah, I mean, for me, like I'm taking Tiedemann and I'm taking painter. Like I'm taking Yuri Perez. I'm taking all three of those guys, uh, ahead of, uh, Espino. It's just, I, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not there. Um, there's a couple Rodriguez other guys I'd, above Espino. Yeah, Yeah. I, I would probably bet on a handful of guys above Espino, uh, but it, it's not that I don't like Espino. The one thing I'll flag here, and it could be an interesting way this plays out, Espino is not a Guardians guy. Like he does not fit the mold, right? Whatsoever. He's a
0: strikeout machine, and yeah. Cleveland is not in that that camp. Because <laughs> the next yeah. guy, Aaron Savale, is yeah. that's the Cleveland
1: guy right there. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just waiting for Savale to get on the mound and do that like slow pitch, like fake pump from the side. You know, you know when they do that like five or six times, and I don't understand. If, well, like a if, Quato
0: shake, right They're, That's 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 yeah. eventually like I couldn't understand why Cleveland didn't sign Quato other than the fact that they don't need a starting pitcher, but just on principle alone, you know, you want a junk yeah. pitcher, go get the, the junk pitcher of all junk pitchers right now.
1: Just real quick. Anybody that is a softball player, you know, in the, in the slow pitch game and Oop. understands why the pitchers do that, please hit us up at dingers pod with the details on that because it just seems so incredibly stupid like, i'll have to ask it, my it's, brother-in-law it's not like you're trying to sneak 95 by them right you're trying to give them a little delay here the ball is literally it's all about in. the leg
0: kick for those guys so it's all about yeah. interrupting the massive leg kick of the batter but yeah, but yeah most my, of the guys, my brother-in-law played uh national slow pitch like canadian national slow pitch uh like two years ago they yeah, his like on, most team of won ontario arms. so
1: yeah, it's mostly forearms and slow pitch, so I, yeah. I've just never understood that. I want that answer from somebody. But continuing <laughs> to move along here, Savale, we spent exactly zero time on because you know it's Aaron Savale. I have him outside yeah. of the top one hundred and thirty. Robbie, you've got him at sixty six, which is aggressive. It's hot. Uh, be aggressive, <laughs> Um <yeah. laughs>
0: But you know why, Ty? Because there's there's other guys like Lance Lynn who are higher in our rankings, who are older. mayor Kelly also, Miklos older. Savali's gonna pitch in the big leagues the next five years and he's gonna be pretty Ooh. consistent. And it doesn't mean that you have to like what he's gonna do, because that's the whole thing behind it is sometimes you just have to set things aside. But last year he was not dynamite with a 492 ERA, excuse me, a five and six record. But he started 20 games last year, 21 the year before that. And he just like gets stuff you know gets stats he doesn't win you leagues but he doesn't blow you up the whip is good 1.18 Uh last year 1.11 the year before that
1: it's you know
0: he's a guy he's
1: i'm guy. not, he's, I'm not in love with this like we talked about stroman a little ways back like yeah give me Strowman all day every day a hundred times before i'm even even looking in the direction of Savale, let alone putting him in a queue and or looking at him to put him in my lineup like Know last year only pitched 97 innings, 124 the year before, 74 before that. Like, there's not a body of work here at any level that says this is great, sign me up. So, I'm I'm I've predicted this pathway last year for him, um, because of the pitch repertoire. It's it's old school, it's it's slow pitch. That's why I say he needs to try to come up with something, um, to to tweak out the batters. Uh, I just this is a guy I'm not touching so. A little harsh, but it is what it is. Uh Cole Irvin is a guy that we talked about. Uh moving to Baltimore is an interesting opportunity for him. Anybody leaving Oakland, I like um because of Oakland. Uh and, and this is just a guy that I I don't like him um in the AL East, but the balance schedule certainly flattens that out a little bit. The ballpark in Baltimore is a significant improvement. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm still I'm still shying away. I've got him outside at 114. You're inside at 98. Um, I'm not going to say I dislike Cole Irvin a lot. He's just not a guy I'm targeting because I just don't think the upside is worth the risk in my opinion. Um, yeah, and then Lance fair. McCuller, Lance McCullers kind of got the bad news yesterday. That he's going to be out opening days pretty much off the table Big and, shot. uh, yeah, yeah. Shocking. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but you know, this is a guy like shocking, like you throw a 70% curveballs. How, how do you think that's going to go? Like, I mean, I'm sorry, like read a book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you like, okay. pick
1: up an anatomy, anatomy textbook for five minutes and you're going to know that this is how it plays out for McCullers. Like, you know, it's not, it's not rock science.
0: Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to say anything on the, on those dudes. Um I, I'm ready to move upward and onward, you know, of that list of guys i roster several of them in some leagues and others like mccullers i was really high on earlier in their career um mccullers taught me a lot about um too i guess about just understanding the ebb and flow of dynasty pitchers you know like if they're not a legit stud there's going to be a lot of volatility and to not really hang your hat on a guy and just wait him out um somebody who's not in the the top 130 list shouldn't surprise anybody steven strasberg um he he was great you know he's very much like the eric lindros of baseball when he was young and healthy he was amazing as he aged the body broke down just not letting him do it mccullers might now actually legitimately be in that camp in the eyes of others but i feel like he's always going to be always going to curry favor with rankers just don't know why so at 111 we've got Tariq scoobal with detroit at 112 teammate joey wentz that's fun i wonder who over the next five years will have more starts um at 113 Prospect with Cleveland Ethan Hankins um Luis H- H- Hill right Ty that's what it is GIL but it's pronounced ill or hill
1: yeah uh, you like y-u. almost y-u. like with a, a oh like a, a y. y
0: almost okay y yeah. sound so he took a step back last year Tommy John in it um like sucked and then Tommy John so we get it right uh, but let's hope that he gets back to the guy that we saw in 2021 when he was die no might and then came up and i think had one two starts didn't allow a run um yeah then at 115 tanner burns another cleveland starting pitcher prospect i got to say uh hankins is not awesome um hankins is a cleveland guy who needs to get coached up tanner burns has better a better skill set in my opinion. I think he was a 2021 second round pick or maybe 2021 first round pick and had a pretty good year. I'm just doing a deep dive over on old RobbieBaseball.com, which I highly recommend people go to on account of I just renewed the website for two years. So I started to update stuff. <laughs> um, but I, I am going through the starting pitcher team by team ranking and I'm ranking them based on if I think they can you know, reach the ceiling of SP1 Uh, through it through to sp5 so basically it's for fantasy baseball purposes do you want uh, to take a chance on a guy like arizona's got a starting pitching prospect lynn who i think could be an ace Uh, so i've got him as an sp1 Uh, arizona actually has three guys so you got to go go to the site and see who they are i've also done uh, atlanta at this point i've got about 20 teams done and when i was going through cleveland i honestly I just had to reset it. I'm like, there's too many SP2s. These are not all really SP2s, you know, and I'm watching videos and looking at their stat line and checking out, you know, what the scouting is saying in advanced stats and all that crap. But I'm trying to boil it down to a basic ranking so that you can kind of trust the process. Um, Tanner Burns is a is a really good option. I don't know if Ethan Hankins is going to be burned. Like Cleveland's got to trade a pitcher at some point, Ty. I don't know what it's for because their outfield seems like it's okay now. Their infield's all right. Um, so maybe they won't want Mike (laughs) Zanino to catch for them (laughs) down the stretch. Like I know he's a good catcher and they, they covet that, but they might decide they would like some runs from that position. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a bullpen arm, but one of these prospects is going to have to move. Um, yeah, this group is interesting, but a lot to prove with each guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's one guy too in Cleveland that, um, I picked up in a couple leagues, Robbie. I, I like him as a reliever. But I think there's a really outside shot, and I don't actually know this whether he's getting any opportunities in the spring. But Sam Hankeys is a guy that absolutely dominated out of the bullpen. Lefty, big tall guy that they got from Tampa. Um, is is a guy that I could see being in the mix. Like he he profiles as right now as kind of a back end reliever. Uh, but I, I think there's an outside shot here. Uh there's there's a, a possibility. He ends up in, uh, you know, I take the back. He was a Cleveland guy. I thought he came from Tampa. I got that wrong. Um, but you know, there's uh, there's some stuff here. Um, just as an outside shot, like I, I don't, I don't know that, uh, like if he's even gonna be in that conversation. I just wanted to flag it uh, as a guy to to look for. We'll talk about him a little more in the reliever sections. Um, I, I'm not really a Scubel guy. He got all the hype last year. Robbie heading in. Uh, as a guy that was going to be ace worthy, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I like it's. A, he's a two pitch guy, um, and and I never ever like and ASA uh Lacy is kind of the same kind of guy for me. I never like flat fastballs with loopy curveballs because the ability to hide those two pitches in combination is very very right. difficult. Yeah, you're it's no one. Makes, you
0: see it's coming, right?
1: It's what makes Kershaw so great. Right, is he has the ability to, to fool the guys with a loopy video game curveball? Right, there's only a handful of them. Uh, Felix Hernandez did it a little bit, right? Like, there's been only a handful of guys that have those loopy hooks, uh, that can fool people. Uh, so yeah, Scoobal fits that category. I'm not touching that one. Joey Wentz is just one of those guys that I can see find himself consistently in the back end of a rotation. He had a strong finish last year. Uh, I like him to, to, you know, in that Alex Fado conversation uh, earlier, I, I like him to be in that same cut of cloth. He could be the guy dealt. I don't think he will be. Fado's older. That's why I like him to be traded. But um, something to think about there. Um, Luis Yel, I think, is is a destiny back-end bullpen guy. I, I really firmly believe that. That's the only thing I want to flag there on him. Uh, and then I'll jump ahead. Uh, 116, we got Wilmer Flores, which is that really Wilmer Flores? Uh, Matthew Livator at 117, uh, Domingo Herman, Matt Boyd, and Bobby Miller. This is an interesting group here, Robbie. Um, yep. we've got a couple more in the Detroit, uh, you know, so many Detroit guys modern. in this back half. My their, goodness, their depth is interesting, like, it really is. Like, it's more of the one, co- more of the um, one of the more convoluted bullpen or uh, pitching stables in all of baseball because there's not. Health, there's not eliteness, there's just a whole bunch of you know it's it's in the the pile of crap between the rest of baseball <laughs> and right. the Oakland A's. Um <laughs> so you know, definitely interesting. Libertor, I this could be an interesting year for Libertor, Robbie. Like I know we've talked about him a bunch. Um, he moved about as fast as I thought he could have. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised St. Louis moved him as fast as they ended up doing. He got some time last yeah, year, which um, was surprising he's gonna, for sure. Yeah, he's going to battle for a rotation spot this year. Uh, with with uh, Stephen Matz coming back, I think it's a bit of a long shot for him to start. Uh, but I think he's going to be in AAA and is probably not probably he he is the first man up uh, if somebody goes down. I think I'm I'm not ready to call him uh, a rotation guy yet, Robbie. But I, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities. Um, yeah, and then Bobby Miller is probably the the, the best guy in this group. And, and somebody no one's talking about to to start at the major league level this year. Uh, I could I see it, Robbie. I, I don't think their rotation is good enough to say that he's not a possibility there. Um, we've got question marks, right? Even a guy that I love, like Dustin May, isn't a lock to start opening day because, you know, he's coming back from Tommy John. Um, but if you look at this rotation, Wainwright, Miklas, Montgomery, Flaherty, and Mats, like three of those guys have missed significant time. In, innings wise, throughout their career, so you know you gotta like a guy like Libertor to slide in there, um and then finally you look over on the Dodgers side. Like I, I don't know how you feel about this group, Robbie, but I, I really, really, really like the Dodgers bullpen. But a rotation of Kershaw, Urias, Gonsolin, Syndergaard, May is it is a little shaky. Like that's it, it's yeah. not it's not stable. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Bobby Miller can. Can go Well, very much like Libertor. I think Libertor uh, last year came up. I think it was a bit of a surprise. It was one of those, oh, good, he's up. And then he wasn't good. And then it's like, oh, he's down and no one cares anymore about Matthew Libator. But prior to that, it was he's really good. And we had talked about it in years past. You don't care who Tampa trades away or drafts. You care who Tampa Bay trades for. That's who you covet with Tampa Bay. Uh, Keyshawn Askew is another one of those guys who I just picked up tonight in that draft that ended um, he wasn't my final pick, though, Ty. I'll, I'll let you know about him. But somebody else that uh, is flying way under the radar until now, draft season, dynasty draft season. Wilmer Flores with Detroit. Uh, Flores is an international guy, Ty. He is 22 years old and three days. Happy belated birthday, Wilmer Flores. And he also pitched last year at Double A. Yeah, he went Single A, then then finished the year at Double A with Olsen, a three eighty seven ERA. At double A on the year, though, uh, in 103 innings, he had 130 strikeouts. And this is what I've been watching with a lot of these guys recently this offseason. How many walks and home runs combined are they giving up? If it's less than a third of their innings pitched, I'm interested because that means they can keep it down and they can, you know, kind of go between. I don't want them giving up home runs, but that means that's how many times they got tagged when they missed. I'm assuming, you know, like if you want to say half their home runs were good pitches that that a skill hitter hit. Or hit Go ahead. You you rate it that way. I'll rate it my way, um, and we're good. But Flores gave up uh, ten dingers and twenty three walks. So thirty three in one hundred and three innings. He's right on par with a guy that I like. Uh, the whip though, Ty one, Boonk, one, love it. So I'm really interested to see what he can do if he returns to Double A where he did pitch eighty three of those innings, and then gets the the promotion up. But with all the names we've been talking about in Detroit and and the potential for them to, you know, maybe throw one, of the, one or two of those guys, Garrett Hill in particular, into the bullpen, um, there could be an opportunity for Flores to start at AAA. If that happens, my 109 ranking makes a little bit more sense to people thinking that he could be up this year, that soon, you know, SP4 range. However, if he does go back to AA, I wouldn't fret, and he's probably not that that highly coveted and if he does go to double a then people might start to fade him because they're thinking he could be a fast riser and that's his only hope so uh but otherwise like you know matt boyd's great to see him back in detroit but he's always been the same guy high case that's what you're hoping for from matt boyd and again he goes back to a team that isn't expected to win a whole lot so it's not going to help on that front and sure he's back and it's fun and whatever but um he over it not overachieved sorry he Performed very well in the K-9 to category when he was at his peak. He's no longer that guy. So if he drops down, uh, it will not end well. But people are going to have him everywhere. Every single league you're in, somebody's going to roster Matt Boyd at some point this year because they're going to just want to take a chance. I wouldn't. But anyway, (laughs) um, at, at 121, Spencer Turnbull. Is there uh, as we mentioned before, finally facing uh, live hitters one twenty-two Zach Thompson with St. Louis, another prospect coming up. Let's hope he doesn't get the Liberator up and down treatment. Uh, he can really come in to like stabilize when a rotation spot's available. Uh good old Kyle Hendricks, who uh just keeps you know being a pitcher. I guess he's like the in the Savale class, but he's younger and definitely was better when he was younger than Savale is right now. But uh it, in that company, John Gray with Texas. Do you guys remember that John Gray was going to be amazing last year? I know I do. I ranked him thirty first. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. So anyway, we're we're what, what was he
1: last year, Robbie? Do you have any idea where he f- actually finished?
0: I can find out. His line was. Uh, sorry, okay. I just. I, okay. just, well, I was going to say I no, just closed it. Uh, Three ninety six well, ERA, seven and seven record, and that's yeah. kind of like John Gray in a nutshell. But a really is bad Texas strikeouts. team,
1: though. Right? Yeah, on a bad Texas team.
0: His whole thing was supposed to be that he could unleash a whole bunch of strikeouts and keep the ball in the park, which you know Colorado was preventing. But 127 innings only, and I say only because it was 134 strikeouts, he was pretty much the same type of guy he was in Colorado. The park factors were what were supposed to make him so much better. Uh, the whip did go down, which was always an issue for him. He was 1.13 last year. Uh, career average before that was over 1.3. But
1: I, I do I do like him to improve this year. I made a mistake. I don't even have him in my 130. That was just a whiff on my part. Um, but I so do like him because... Kai,
0: there's so many names.
1: Well, because now he's kind of moved past the window. And Marcus Simeon had the same thing where that, that first part in Texas where you got to take all the videos to show the rest of the world how much $300,000 can buy you in terms of house in Texas. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's seen those internet videos, but they're everywhere. Um, so yeah. joke, joke for the few there, but, but good one. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I... You're not supposed to tell yourself. The term, sorry,
0: You're not supposed to tell others that your joke was a good one. <laughs>
1: Some people need that encouragement. What can I say? Yeah, um, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, John Gray is a guy that I, I do expect to take a, a medium step forward. Like, I think he's a firm SP3, especially on a, an improving Texas roster. Like, I, I like the win totals. He He's a grinder. He gets out there. He's not a guy that exits a lot of games early, right? We talked about that even in Colorado, kind of in that Brad Keller category of out there too long, right? That was a lot of the experience he had in Colorado. Um I, I do expect an improvement this year. I'm I'm not sure people are going to appreciate him, especially with the higher guns they brought in.
0: Fair enough. Um, and and then the last guy, like you say, Kikuchi with Toronto. I I ranked him 500th, so I don't know how he ended up inside the like at 125 for us. Um, I am not a Kikuchi <laughs> guy. I did not like the signing when Depoto let him go. Didn't want to pay him. I think I think it was 11 million. Didn't want to pay him. And then Toronto's like, well, we'll give you. 30 over three uh i i really wondered but it was supposed to be you know the reclamation project um for pete walker and as we all know you know old saucy pete wasn't able to get it done with you say last year to the point of you know he went to the bullpen i don't know what's going to happen with him but he's going to start he's going to be given every single opportunity to start um and, and that's interesting on john gray the one thing i will say is that Texas has a guy who I was not able to rank re- re- reasonably realistically whatever you want to say inside the top 130 um and that's Glenn Otto who came up last year and was perfectly fine for a fantasy pitcher but Texas has done what a lot of teams do which is signed six veterans to be in their or you know they have six veterans to be in the rotation um so I don't know what's going to happen with Glenn Otto but if you've got him out there in the dynasty world cuz I don't know if we're going to talk about him again or not Don't get rid of him. I picked him up. He got dropped in a league. I don't know who dropped it. Probably some first-year dynasty guy, uh, Roto Ronnie. And um, I picked him up and just said, "I'm going to find a spot for him on this one team in a points league because he averaged his final ten starts last year. He averaged thirteen points per start.
1: Yeah,
0: it's he. He's good. You know, Texas can produce." Good um, points leagues, guys. I don't know as much about the head-to-head. I mean, obviously, they got DeGrom now. Um, There are high expectations in Texas. We talked about how there should be wins with it. But the AL West is insanely difficult. So the balance schedule might allow them to have a lot of good teams this year. And that's going to be really interesting the closer we get into the season. And once we start rolling, the minutiae that we will get to dive into with the, you know, in the AL versus NL or in the division versus out of division, that's going to play a much bigger role than it ever has before. And teams like Texas um, might be great beneficiaries of it, right? Yeah, I think the
1: balance schedule this year specifically um, is really going to expose the AL Central. I I think there's a couple teams in that group. That's a great take. Yeah, there's a couple teams in that group that are on their way up but like Cleveland wasn't as good as their roster. They were hot in the playoffs right. and down the stretch, but they're, they were not nearly as good as their win total. Um, you know, the white Sox. you know, obviously had injury. They're probably still the best team in that group. Um, but the rest of that, that division's absolute dumpster fire.
0: Well, Kate, yeah. KC could have a big setback because of the competition that they're going to face from the NL. Um, the, uh, I was just about said the lions, <laughs> the the tigers are going <laughs> well, to <they're> get good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The tigers are going to get pounded if the starting pitching can't sustain itself. And if the offense isn't able to be hot from April forward and, and the twins, the twins are an absolute crap shoot. What are we really going to see from Minnesota? If it's a slow yeah. start, which I mean, we've talked about teams that play outdoors in April in the cold weather. Yeah, it can affect them. It can suppress it, you know, suppress offense and do all these things. But what's really going to happen in the first 60 games for some of these AL Central teams that don't necessarily have dominance, you know, obvious points that you're like, oh, yeah, like they're solid. Like Chicago's rotation took a big hit. Um, just like the one that, um, oh my goodness. Uh, uh, who's the pitcher that they signed this offseason from of San Diego? Uh, oh, oh yeah, uh, that, yeah. So, um, i just i totally wrecked that joke okay yeah, the just, joke so everyone's the... laughing they know yeah. it was
1: gonna be funny it was and, and then i forgot
0: his damn name and, and, yeah i blame and you alcohol <laughs> so yeah so the whites i'll just redo it so let's pretend we're. it was we're gonna
1: the, it was the this. limeade three, that really got you <laughs> two, yeah the limeade just <laughs>
0: uh so yeah let's pretend we'll we'll edit three two one so the White Sox no. rotation took as big a hit as <laughs> Clevenger's
1: wife did um, this offseason. Yeah, he see, here, Yancey has it backwards. He's going after the first five minutes. He really should have went after the last. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, I'm with you, though. Like, I, I think that Central is just going to be so exposed. The the West and the East and the AL are just so strong. Like, there's, a, there's exactly a 0% chance, and, and that's hard to say at this point, but I think it's very realistic. I think it's a zero percent chance. There's two teams out of the AL Central in the playoffs, um, and and I just think that's because the West and the East are just so much better. Uh, there's three teams in each that are just uh, head and shoulders above. I think every single team in the AL Central. So uh, that's that's saying that a lot there. Uh, so yeah, the last group here, Robbie. Uh, moving on, you say Kikuchi. Mm-hmm. I think they haven't started the hype train on. He's, he's going to be good this year yet. Or um, new pitch tr- or
0: whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they haven't started
1: it yet, but it's coming. Uh, it's just a matter of time because Mitch White's not um, fully healthy either. So they're going to have to pick somebody to be get the Jays fans excited about uh, uh, whoever the SP5 is going to be. Uh, the last group here uh, in the top 130, Clayton Beater with the Dodgers, Braxton Garrett, uh, Justin Dunn, who is going to miss all of spring, uh, announced today. Chris Paddock coming back off Tommy John and the other Logan Allen uh, compliments of San Diego. I believe is this one, Robbie?
0: No, this uh, is the real
1: Logan Allen. The high school. Drafted. Uh, the other uh, Logan Allen is now out in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. So he's so standing th- up. He's the real Logan. Allen. Th- this up. is
0: the real Cleveland Logan Allen. The one that was drafted <laughs> a few years ago and racked up a billion
1: K's. Yeah, yeah, we we need to have a designator of these two. Like, someone needs to come up with a formula. Like, what's the middle name, or just yeah, become G, Giancarlo, whatever it needs to be. Like, pick. Well, some, I pick don't something. think Logan
0: Allen, Colorado, as I'll call him now, uh, is really a starting pitcher anymore. He's he's just trying to no, be. I a think they're professional still both baseball in Cleveland, are they not? No, no, no. Logan Allen, the old, the elder, the twenty five year old, he's out. He's in Colorado now.
1: How? How did that happen? Free agency.
0: Uh, He could have been dropped. He he was not good. He got some MLB time, but he was, he was not. He was never as high a ceiling as Logan Allen, Cleveland, which is how I will refer. But Clayton Beater, who was somebody that um, was kind of call who Lackel, L A.
1: Cleveland Lackel. Is that stretch is that too far?
0: No, because Colorado, it's not going to work. You got LA, like, Logan Allen, Colorado, Logan Allen, Cleveland.
1: Yeah, Lacole and Lacole. No,
0: just, see, do you see? <laughs> do you hear it? Do you I do? It? That's
1: that's why it's funny.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, mm, questionable. Anyway, that's so why Clayton, I...
1: no, hold on. Just
0: give me a second. Clayton Beater, who is now on we put the Dodgers, he's not the Dodgers. He's with the Yankees um, which is why he ended up where he was with me finished last year, double a, he had 23 starts, which I liked 77 innings, which I did not like 129 strikeouts that I loved, And I want to see what he can do next year. Now, the one thing he did that I don't like is he had 46 walks and 11 dingers given up. So there's something to be said for improving upon that. But in seven starts after his trade to the Yankees in 25 innings, he only gave up one home run. Um, the, the walks are still there, but it was cut down a little bit from before. So it was 11 walks in 25 innings. So I think there's going to be an improvement that um, the Yankees can make with him, which might not be what you think, because the Yankees typically don't bring a guy up who's all of a sudden awesome. But I do really like the outside shot of Clayton Beter um, amongst like... <sighs> It's I don't know how you're going to break in with the Yankees, but amongst the SP5-type position, right, where he can come up, get four or five starts, uh, you know, cheap to acquire because he's buried, and if you look at the contracts of all the Yankee pitchers, it's like, how is he going to fit in? But there's opportunity there. And Chris Paddock I genuinely don't like, and I don't want anyone to roster him, and he's been very disappointing. But Minnesota went and gave him an extension, so what the hell do I know?
1: Hey, if, if it's how to build aces, Minnesota is that team.
0: How to build aces?
1: Yeah, they have a long history of having elite starting. Oh, pitching. okay. Yeah. yeah, laying the sarcasm on pretty thick there. Yeah, like uh, Johan
0: Santana had that year.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's it. Like that's that's it. Like Brad Radke. Like I mean, we're going we're going back here. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm not putting a lot of faith in in Chris Paddock either. But I will say this: he was fine. He needed a third pitch, so. Spring training, baby. Let's see what we got. <laughs> that's um, where it comes yeah, in. Yeah, like show me, a, show me a, uh, an improved slider. Like it's possible, right? You get, you put that butt muscle in your arm, and all bets are off. Like that slider could be super tight. Um, but anyway, that's the back half. One thirty. There's guys outside the one thirty, Robbie. We're gonna touch on that uh, in a couple of weeks. I think it's as we get into spring training, we're gonna start to see some of those guys pop out of the woodwork. We're gonna touch on a little bit of of those guys to look out for. Uh, guys that are having success in the spring, and guys that have a legitimate chance at helping you uh, win your fantasy baseball league, and and that gain the eliteness that is the OG lifestyle. So until next time, it's been Robin Tyler here on Dingers.